So good evening everyone. Uh, if I was give, to give a name uh, to this talk tonight, it would be um, Existential Boredom. Um, the inspiration for the talk came from um, an article I read um, a couple of weeks ago um, by uh, a woman who's um, uh, a well-known writer and you see a lot on TV, a commentator, uh, uh, Catherine McGregor, um, who's a very interesting woman who used to be a man and then had a, a sex change to become a, a man and she's a writer. And I think um, in her previous life as a man, I'm not sure about this, but I think she had a, a military career. Um, but she always struck me as someone, when I've seen her speak, um, of someone who has had a very challenging life and really knows what suffering is and seems to have a lot of depth and compassion um, for people and insight. Anyway, she was talking about the coronavirus, um, you know, lockdown and, and social isolation and how people are being encouraged to learn something new, like learn Spanish or macrame or do something exciting like that. And she said, that's not really what interests me. And, um, and that what interests me is becoming really... Uh, to, to, to really become intimate with what is old and familiar um, rather than necessarily trying to learn something new and exciting. And she, uh, she uh, made, made reference to a poem, uh, which is by Robert Frost, that she said that she really resonated with and which I want to share with you. And uh, Robert Frost, as you know, was uh, an award-winning um, Nobel Prize winning um, American poet, I think around about the 1930s he was publishing. And it's one of his well-known poems which is called Acquainted with the Night. I have been one acquainted with the night. I have walked out in rain and back in rain. I've outwalked the furthest city light. I have looked down the saddest city lane. I have passed by the watchman on his beat and dropped my eyes, unwilling to explain. I have stood still and stopped the sound of feet when far away an interrupted cry came over houses from another street. But not to call me back or say goodbye. And further still, at an unearthly height, one luminary clock against the sky, proclaimed the time was neither wrong nor right. I have been one acquainted with the night. Beautiful poem. Um, I love that line, one luminary clock against the sky proclaimed the time was neither wrong nor right, a reference to the moon. And the whole I've, I've, read, I've uh, looked at some of the commentaries on this poem. I'm not quite sure whether I agree with their interpretation. Um, but um, uh, he was one, Robert Frost actually went on many walks, you know, as a poet, just went walking during the night. And the night and the rain 
symbolises some, evokes some sense of despair. And uh, some of the commenters have said, you know, that even when he looks up at the moon and the moon can't even tell him what is right or wrong, that's, that, that's even more despairing. There's no, there's no compass anywhere. I guess to a Zen person reading that poem, that's wonderful, right? To see the, to, to look up and see the, the luminary clock against the sky that proclaimed the time was neither wrong nor right is to see beyond the conceptual, you know, and when you see beyond the conceptual, you become um, intimate with the way things are. But to come back, to look at this in the context of boredom, um, I suppose anyone who's done Zazen for long enough would understand what boredom could be. You don't, you do the same repeti- repetitious thing over and over again, following your breath. And yet, when we engage with the experience of Zazen, we're truly intimate with the experience of Zazen. It is not boring at all. Mm-hmm. But boredom might be one of the stages we go through before we realise that it's not boring at all. When you look at um, boredom, the uh, the Greek word for um, boredom was um, acedia. And what acedia, A-C-E-D-I-A, and um, what acedia meant was not caring. So boredom, as they understood it, was like a sense of apathy, just not caring about anything, not even wanting to care about anything. And it became, um, in, in Christianity, it was, it was turned into one of the seven deadly sins, which was, in, which was um, stated as sloth. Um, which sort of implies laziness, but its real meaning was um, boredom, apathy, not caring. Um, But the way that people deal with boredom mostly, and and I've just seen, it's really hit me how much um, that the the, um, contemporary life that we live in is that, that just about everything that you read or is promoted, everything's exaggerated. Like the like we're almost drowning in hyperbole. Everything is exaggerated. Everything is awesome. You you pick up a book to read and you read the you know the commentary on it and it's the best book that the person's ever read or this place that you're gonna to travel to is just the most awesome place in the world. Or any music, any anything at all is just hyped up so much and exaggerated. And so it's a kind of a, a counter um, to to the experience of existential boredom, do you know, that we might might experience. We've just got to hype everything up to the nth degree so it'll be exciting. That's conventional life. Um, Zen practice doesn't necessarily work within a conventional framework. And what you experience, particularly through Zazen, but just through the experience of a Zen life, it sort of resonates with what Catherine McGregor is saying. You don't have to do something new. Um, you just need to come back to experience what is really familiar and and old and known and become really intimate with it. And, and when you become intimate with it, something transforms in it. In, the, in Robert Frost's poem, do you know, 
he starts off saying, I've been one acquainted with the night, and he ends again on the statement, I have been one acquainted with the night. And in a sense, you can read it that he knows what it is to despair. And yet when you become intimate with the despair, rather than trying to gloss it over or um, uh, distract yourself from it, you, you go through it. If you become intimate with the despair, something transforms in it and, and some, there's some intimacy and a sense of caring actually comes out of that. One of the, um, the koans, which I've mentioned many times, I think, in talks before, that touches on this same um, theme, is the koan, um, Seize Alone and, Est- and Seize Alone and Destitute, and Seize is a senior monk who's practiced for many, many years and comes to his teacher and says, my name is Seize, I've, I'm alone and destitute, how can you help me, teacher? In other words, I've been going through this experience of despair, um, meaninglessness, um, emptiness, and I, I feel stuck there. His, um, his teacher helps him transform that experience by bringing him to just what is. All's in practice brings us back to just what is. Koans bring us back to just what is. And um, so it's becoming intimate with that experience of being alone and destitute transforms it. So um, coronavirus, lockdown, isolation, etc., can for many people bring a sense of boredom and then the solution to the boredom is something exciting. But as a Zen practitioner, um, I encourage you to use this time when we're more time rich rather than time poor to just just come back to the ordinary with what is familiar. You become, as well as becoming one acquainted with the night, um, becoming well acquainted with your house, with your garden, you know, with the forest, with the road, with your neighbourhood, with the people you live with, the loved ones you live with, with your dog, with your cat, the flower. It doesn't, doesn't need something exciting layered over the top of it. It's rather a matter of peeling something away. Um, let me end up with another little um, Zen verse that touches on this that comes to mind. There is a koan again, in another koan in the um, Mumon Khan, which is called um, Well-Known Ryutan, and, or Well-Renowned Ryutan. Ryutan was a famous teacher um, who was renowned all throughout China. And in the koan, a student comes to him. Um, and there's a story attached to that that I won't go into. But in the, in the verse that goes with this, um, is um, it's kind of amusing. I find it very amusing. Um, seeing the face, no, sorry, hearing the name is better than seeing the face. Seeing the face is better than hearing the name. Mm-hmm. Here's this renowned teacher. Do you know when there's a famous teacher or a celebrity, do you know we project 
so much onto how amazing they are. So he's a teacher that everyone's projected onto how amazing he is. And so the name is more hype than this little old man just sitting, you know, in his meditation room. Mm-hmm. And yet, the other side of the verse is the paradox. Seeing the face is better than hearing the name. Mm-hmm. Coming back to be just be intimate with things as they are is far better than all the hype that surrounds it. And that's where we find our true intimacy.